sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, good morning. <laughs> good to be with y'all. I don't know quite how we left it, if you were getting up or, or whoever it was or not. Why don't we bow for prayer? <clears throat> Dear Jesus, thank you for this day that you've given to us for the opportunity to be gathered here, Lord, to meet with your family uh, here in this building, Lord, and we desire to be encouraged of you, that you are speaking to our hearts, into my heart, into each one of my brothers and sisters here, Lord, and as I speak what I feel you've laid on my heart, pray that you would direct me, direct the word spoken. Bless the rest of this service, I pray, and encourage us all, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to speak, and I'm thankful for the opportunity, but I am nervous. <laughs> it's been a while. But I want to speak, uh, and I titled this, I spoke it back I preached it down there uh, in Cockwood. The Unnatural Sustenance of the Christian. And I don't know if that's the best title or not. But The Unnatural Sustenance of the Christian. And maybe I shouldn't even gave the title yet. But because uh, it is good to be with y'all. And uh, I guess we can bring greetings, I don't know, uh, from down there in Georgia. But uh, as I was pondering on bringing a little word, meditation, and thinking about years I spent here with y'all. And I'm grateful for having been able to spend all that time. And some of y'all I don't really know. Some of y'all have came since me and my wife moved. But we still love y'all. And I was, you know, just pondering on that. And I want to see y'all do well. And I know Jesus loves y'all. And Jesus wants to see each one of y'all do well to thrive. <clears throat> the Unnatural Sustenance of the Christian. Kind of strange title, maybe. But how is the Christian sustained, basically? And some of it might be the same way other things are, but it's not natural to us, is why I titled it Unnatural. It's not natural to man, if you will. In this life, everything we do or are takes effort. It takes effort to succeed. We have to eat, we drink, and labor. We sweat, we sleep. We fight, whatever, 
whatever it is that we're struggling with. You know, life can be a struggle, right? Do you identify with that? Does, do things come easy? Usually the things that come easy aren't the good things. Um, if we do nothing, nothing happens. We end up lost. Maybe if we're in the woods, if we do nothing, we're, you know, we end up lost. Um, if we do nothing as far as preparing for the future and you know, in realms of uh, of eating, like the we end up hungry, which will be forgotten. Okay, so all these things take a lot of effort, and we often we don't like left, being left behind, right? I don't. So. Understand here when I say we find ourselves in a rat race of the survival of the fittest. You know where that comes, right? It comes from. But understand that, I mean, it's kind of a natural response for some of us, I guess, where I, I find it in myself. Uh, we're in the rat race against those with more wit, more money, more strength, more intellect, more wisdom, whatever it is that we find ourselves short in or lacking in. We're trying to keep up with whoever it is, right? Um, myself, Y'all might not think I'm a man. I, I, I wouldn't even say I'm a few words. I know I talk probably more than I should, but as far as my uh, my quick wit, this is one thing that I see in folks. I don't feel like I have a quick wit, you know, and sometimes it's, you can see somebody, or me, this is me, You can I can see somebody that has the quick reply, a quick comeback, whatever, and whatever you're trying to keep up, trying to stay abreast. They always have the answer to the joke or whatever it is, and I'm sitting there trying, trying, trying to keep up, and it's all I can do, you know, because I don't want to get left behind. Uh, you understand that, okay? Um, that's what I, I mean, the survival of the fittest. I need to move on. Um, we can find ourselves on the short end of the stick. We might be needing more money because we're not keeping up that way. You know, we don't keep up with the Joneses, if you will. Um, so what do we do? We work like crazy, only find ourselves burnt out, wore out because we're working so hard trying to keep up. And we find out we work so hard, we need to go on vacation. We go on vacation, we come back and things are broke. Something, you know, something went wrong. So this is this constant, whatever. 
this, you get my point. This is the human struggle. I, I just I call it that. Um, doesn't sound. I mean, the picture I just painted there is it, not definitely not restful, and it wears us out. I don't know if y'all can identify with being there. Um, I feel like all of us can at some point or another. But we're supposed to be Christians, right? Supposed to be followers of God. But we still can identify that with that. Jesus was human like you and me. In John 4, verse 6, it says, Jesus therefore being wearied with his journey sat thus on the well. And it was the sixth hour. Remember that? The woman at the well, he was going along. He was weary. Matthew 6, no, Mark 6, 31 says, And he said unto them, Come yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. Jesus lived a busy life, a giving life. But he himself, he was still human and he needed that rest. Come apart a little while. And he told his disciples to do that. And if you remember, well, we might get back to that. I don't remember how this, these notes were laid out. But he, he went apart to rest and then didn't rest. We will get back to it, I remember now. There's a difference between us and him. He needed rest, but what's the difference? He's actually the giver of that rest now. Giver of life. Look some more there at John chapter 4, the woman at the well. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Think about that living water and what Je- how Jesus replied to this lady in reference to that rat race that I had been speaking about a little earlier. That living water. Living water, to me, sounds like fresh. It sounds like it's a constant spring. I was talking about the physical life a little earlier. But I'm concerned that in our spiritual life, we can react kind of the same way, and I find it my tendency, the same way as we do physically to call, uh, to uh, conquer, uh, to take care of problems, we react the same way spiritually. It can be a tendency to... And my question, is that what Jesus wants? Is that how we're supposed to? Should I just try harder? You know, in my spiritual life, whenever I find myself maybe coming up short, do I need to just try harder? Isn't that the fleshly response? Just to try harder? Um... 
You know, we, we drive down the road and we get tired. And we drive and we're just like, trying to stay awake. You know, you, you know what I'm talking about? That trying harder just to stay with it. <clears throat> do we do that spiritually sometimes? The other side, there are some of us that uh, can beat ourselves up because we see we have failed. We beat ourselves up in our mind or whatever and we just say it's no use. What is my natural reaction to my problems, to whatever I'm facing? What is that? We all probably have a little bit different ones. Thinking about thriving spiritually, being sustained spiritually. The children of Israel once suffered defeat to a little bitty city. If I call it a little bitty city, it was walled. You remember that in Joshua 7, 5? It says, And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men and chased them from before the gate even unto Shabiram and smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Remember that? They had just conquered Jer- Jericho. They were on that high. Went up against a little city. And that little city put them to flight. How many times can that happen to us? <clears throat> I want to think about this story a little bit. And I'll read the re- on down. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until eventime. He and the elders of Israel put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought us, brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we have been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan? O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us round and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt, wilt thou do unto thy great name? I want to notice some things about this in this story. If I find myself losing a battle, what do I do? Maybe when I fail, what do I do? What do I do when I realize the things that I'm responsible for are not glorifying God? Joshua was responsible for the children of Israel, and obviously that was definitely not glorifying God whenever they fled in front of their enemies. What did he do? Can we draw any parallels and kind of Maybe apply things to our life. What did he do? Joshua recognized failure. He saw he saw the failure for what it was. Had to think 
What if they would have said, well, look, we couldn't get them with, thir- uh, that was 3,000 men, let's double it up. Maybe quadruple it up. I'm sure they had the manpower. That 3,000 wasn't enough. Let's go a little bit harder. Let's throw some more at it. Is that natural response? What did he do? No, he realized something wasn't right. He fell down on his face before God. I noticed also he made himself miserable before God. That was kind of strange to me. He covered his head. Let me see, how does that say that? He and the elders of Israel put dust upon their heads. Strange. We don't do that. I Well, I don't. I haven't. You ever put dust on your head when you realized that uh, you had failed? He owned up to all the problems he could see. And I say that because he didn't know everything that was wrong, but he owned up to everything that he knew was wrong. And that was that God's children had been put to flight before their enemies. The Lord said to Joshua, get thee up. Or maybe that's the wrong way to say it. The Lord said unto Joshua, get thee up. Wherefore liest thou upon thy face? Why are you laying down there? Get up. Israel sinned. And they have transgressed my covenant, which I have commanded them. For they have taken of the accursed thing and have stolen and dissembled also and have put it even among their stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies but turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore except ye destroy the accursed from among you. We'll stop with that. We won't look at him anymore. God told Joshua, got serious with God, and God told him what to do, and he felt, he followed through. We know the story there. He followed God when God spoke. He got up and moved. Let's learn from Joshua. I want to go back to the woman at the well. John 4 verse 13 We find it says, Jesus answered her and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. That's talking about that, the water that we naturally drink. The water that he had said, can you get me a drink? Whosoever drinketh from that water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. That looks like, to me, victory. Doesn't it? The water that I give to him shall be in him a well of water springing up to everlasting life. Sometimes I have said it and I'm sure it's here to a greater or lesser extent. Sometimes we say we feel God is distant. Why? 
Why is God distant to me? Why do I feel God distant, that God's not close? When he says that if we drink of him, that water will be a well of life springing up in him into everlasting life. And I know sometimes God actually tries us, and that can make us feel distant. But that's not all the time why we feel distant. Sometimes we actually withdraw ourselves, whether we want to admit it or not. God says, he gives a promise. He says, I'll draw near, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. That's a promise. And we can, you can hold on to it. I can hold on to that promise. And I know that if we do that, it'll take place. But sometimes, you know, we, we, why? Why, God? Why are you distant? And one thing I want to put right here is sometimes, or a question, are we engaging in things that God doesn't like? Okay, me and my wife, I started started dating, courting her, whatever, back a long time ago. If I would have been trying to woo her heart, but yet knew that, I don't know, Trying to remember back. Well, just put it in today's right. I mean, my life now, me and my boys like disc golf, right? Just say she doesn't. And I'm trying to woo her. And I invite her to go along and let's go play disc golf. And that's what I like to do a whole bunch. And she doesn't like it. You think that relationship's going to go over very well? There's things that we can do. That we know if we admit it that aren't drawing us toward God. And then I or we sit there and wonder why God, why are you feeling distant? Let me move on. Have I drunk of Jesus' water, talking about the springing up unto everlasting life. Have I drink, drunk from that? Question for you, for me. Is there a well of water springing up in me? If there is, and I appreciated the songs this morning, praise the Lord and worship Him. I was, I was blessed with the songs this morning really starting out I mean it was some praise but there was a lot of worship actual calling to worship and if we let ourselves worship if we find that well of water if we if we're excited about Jesus if we've drunk of him praise the Lord and worship him in spirit and in truth think about that in spirit and in truth Don't put it on. If not, if we don't find ourselves with that well of water springing up in us, let's do like Joshua. Stop. Just stop. Let's figure out why. Thinking more about this sustenance, 
He says in 1 Peter 2.2, 2, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If so be ye have tasted the Lord is gracious. If you're a follower of his, if you're seeking the Lord, desire that milk. Desire. We have to have it. What is our desire? <clears throat> little baby they know when they're hungry and they let you know what that be just put yourself in that baby's shoes we're too grew up for that aren't we we're too grown up to be vocal about desiring God (laughs) desire God and you will grow Abstain from lust which war against us. Reminds me of Lot. First, uh, Second Peter two eight it says, "For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day." Guess that kind of throws back to those other thoughts that I had said. You know, are we allowing things in our life that are actually God? He doesn't like. <clears throat> Moving on, Mark six thirty one, we find that where Jesus, uh, I think we had been there. Yeah, he had invited. He told his disciples to come apart. And rest. We'll read that again. And he said unto them, Come yourself, come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. When we find ourselves wore down, what are we going to do? What are you going to do spiritually when you're wore down? Doesn't Jesus still invite you? Come yourselves apart and rest a little while. But when you're resting, what are you doing? We say we're going on vacation to rest. What do we do? So they went to the desert. If you remember, he actually didn't rest that day. The people followed and he ended up, that's where the feeding of the 5,000 happened, I believe. I don't have it wrote right here. I could turn to it, but he found himself, Jesus found himself very busy. He said to come and rest. And then there he spent his rest day serving. I can't imagine. I would have been wore out. And they were. Um. Then spent the beginning of the night resting with his father. Remember that? We have to go to sleep. And I think Jesus understands that. I mean, I I don't know where to put that. Jesus was man, yet he was God, but he knew that he needed that strength from God. And he went and he spent that night resting, praying. 
says he had departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea and he was alone on the land. Um, Think along with me also in how we can be sustained and how battles can be won and fought or fought and won. This is a, there's a, um, a different, uh, I can't think how to say it. Second Chronicles 20 verse 17, uh, Jehoshaphat found himself in a place in all of Israel or Judah in a place where I think it was three kings were coming up against him. And he was like, whoa, we're in trouble. It was a host, it says. Ain't got time to turn there. But you remember that? What was the response that they had? It was a pro- one of the one of the uh, singers, I think. Sons of Asaph. One of them, the Spirit of the Lord, it said, came upon them, and they stood up and they said. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set, you, set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will, go, will be with you. And then in verse 20, And they arose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so, it shall, so ye shall be established. Believe his prophets, so ye shall prosper. <clears throat> I guess I missed verse 18. I don't have it in my notes, but I have a note here that Jehoshaphat, as after he had heard the uh, prophets, oh, what the uh, when the spirit of the Lord came on that man and said that they weren't going to have to actually fight, he fell down and he worshipped. He worshipped. They weren't going to have to fight. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that they sh- and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army, and to say, "Praise the Lord for His mercy endure forever." And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. So there we see Jehoshaphat cried to the Lord in his distress. Do you find yourself in distress? Times when we're discouraged. We shouldn't just cry to the Lord or worship the Lord there, but what do we do when we're there? Jehoshaphat cried to the Lord in that distress. He also followed the Lord's direction. He fell down to worship. He followed the Lord's direction. He guided the the, uh, Israelites and Judah there, and they sang as they went out to battle. That's a different way to fight, isn't it? And guess what? They witnessed a victory. Y'all want to witness victory? That's all I have right there, but 
thinking about the unnatural, how it is unnatural, do you understand what I meant there? It's kind of unnatural way to uh, be sustained. It's against the flesh, could you say? But some questions we'll, I have right here, just reflecting. Have I drunk from Jesus? Have I taken part of that water springing up? And do I have a well of water springing up in me? Where am I at? Am I following God's directions? As we face various things, God gives directions of how to do things. Are we actually following those directions? If something isn't right, have I fallen before Almighty God seeking this revelation? Lord, show me. Show me. Something's not right. Show me. What is it? Is sin taken care of? Question for me. Another one. Am I feasting? Am I really feasting on God's Word? Am I resting with God in prayer? That can be hard. we got so many things to do. Do I take time actually to rest with God in prayer like we saw Jesus did? And last one. Am I singing to victory? Lord bless you all.